Every great film should seem new every time you see it. Midnight Film Review, episode sixty-two. Um, my name's Colin Smith. With me, as always, Brian Stevens. And uh, we have something a little bit different for you this week. We're flipping it up, switching it up. We changing so, things up. At, <laughs> as yeah, the, uh, the those things. Uh, per usual, we we lied and misled you about what we would be doing this week. So. Uh, Surprise! Gotcha, <laughs> Oprah. Oprah, baby. Hold on one second. Um, so our show is going to be a little bit different this week. Uh, for the first time, we have a double feature. Um, we're we're giving you the, the 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 film double stuff. The double stuff, yes. Um, both the, ends. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah, for us, they came in in both ends. The mediocre and the bad. Yeah. For, <laughs> When bad, when bad meets evil, um, so we have a uh, we have well I don't I don't even know we're we're gonna skip open discussion this week. Um, maybe I should start by saying uh, in the last like forty eight hours or so, maybe a little longer now, seventy two hours, we've lost Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds um, and George Michael a little bit before that so uh, um, 2016 is like yeah. the herpes of years it's just in it's just in, been in an awful year in a lot of ways uh, and we've lost a lot of talented actors actresses and performers um, but you know it, it is uh, it's very sad especially seeing as Star Wars is making a comeback and you know Carrie Fisher struggled a lot with some things that I can identify with. She struggled a lot with mental illness and um, became pretty candid in later in her life about sort of championing uh, that basically that cause talking about her struggle with bipolar disorder and uh, just trying to kind of eliminate the stigma uh, around you know mental health in this country um and she was also an actress in one of the most important films uh, of my childhood and probably of American cinema. So. Yeah, and, and, and millions of other people's... Um, uh, so let me put it this way. A lot of, to a lot of guys, she helped them become men. I mean... <laughs> Thank you for undercutting my, my, my heartfelt and serious tribute. Hey, I'm, be, I'm being heartfelt and serious, too. She is... Still, I think, um, in a lot of young men's uh, minds, the the perfect woman, Princess Leia is was a fantasy for many young men. I never. So we're already we're so off topic. I never understood the sexualization of her character. I like. I don't know if I was just too young or what, but that like I've never. Still to this day, never saw her as. I, I for me, I think it was just how cool she was amongst these other cool men. Like she was, 
kind of the boss. I mean, she was. Well, she, she princess. Was, I mean, she was the boss. Yeah. She she outranked them all. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. But I mean, like, she was, she was it. She was like, yeah. It wasn't just like I don't think just that she, she was attractive, but it was like her humor. I mean, Carrie Fisher is a very uh, funny person. One of my favorite. Uh, roles of hers is the Burbs, which I spoke to many times, and she kind of plays the straight woman in that a little bit. But I'll, I'll, I, every time I, I see her, I, I'm, I, I think Princess Leia first, and then Carol from the Burbs second. I'm, I'm sorry for undercutting you. I feel bad now. But, no, I, I'm just giving you crap. But you, it was it's you know, and we shouldn't you know, the the loss of Debbie Reynolds, her mother, um, a day apart from. Her daughter dying. That's that's rough for that family. Well, and Debbie Reynolds, you know, it obviously a a person who is from before our time. You know, well, we all know Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, she made a name for herself in a time where it was not easy for women to do that in Hollywood, and she has been just ma- like maintained a successful career. Um, as a performer, her entire life, which is just uh, just unbelievable, and I don't I don't know if there's anybody. I I, I know there are other women who have have done it, but um, she you know certainly was a a trailblazer. I think a pioneer in a lot of respects, and uh, she deserves a mention too. So. Yeah, and uh, the thing I, I want to mention about both these two is their sense of humor for their, and their um their 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 self awareness of who they are and what they meant to even well into her her eighties. Debbie Reynolds was appearing on things like Family Guy and as herself, and she's always been um, kind of open about you know uh, her. Run-ins with male co-stars who, you know, she was she was a huge, um, she, she was a a quintessential quintessential figure in feminism and film. Like she really pushed for um, equal footing. She didn't back down, and I feel like Carrie Fisher kind of carried her mother's mantle in a lot of ways. She, um, you know, people in the industry sometimes called her abrasive, but she was always honest and she was always fighting for her place. And unfortunately, you know, battling other demons and having to, to be this kind of icon carries its own weight. And it's sad they're both passing. Um, you mentioned um, George Michael, too. Obviously not a film star, but he was definitely a, uh iconic figure in his own right. Um, he, you know, talented musician, writer, really. He was an awesome... Um, lyricist, but um, again, man, just 2016 just keeps kicking you in the pants. You think you're safe uh, being a celebrity? You're not. You can't hide from 2016. You got a couple more days left. Yeah. Uh, be careful out there, celebs. Just, just when you think it can't get any worse, uh, it, I, ke- it keeps on happening. I mean, just in the musical industry alone, Prince, Bowie, Michael. Am I missing anybody else this year? Uh, probably. Probably missing a bunch of people. I mean, it's just insane. And I, I, I'm still in shock over Carrie Fisher a little bit because, you know, she was kind of making a, a, a resurgence again in, in with Force Awakens and 
her tell-all book, and just she seemed to be she seemed to be in in good health. I don't remember hearing anything before this, so yeah, sad. She she, she lived a hard life. Yeah, in a lot of ways. that's true. Uh, anyway, bef- we uh, we are going to talk about we're we're skipping media hot takes this week. We are skipping uh, open discussion, uh, except for what we've already talked about. And we're going to do two reviews, uh, one of Assassin's Creed, um, <laughs> Assassin's Creed, <laughs> and uh, Passengers. So I think without further ado, we're going to make the jump back in time. Going back in time. To 1492 and 1986 and 2016 and 1492. Um, <laughs> so we'll be right back with a spoiler-free review of Assassin's Creed? Question mark? Question mark? Just like that, the magic of technology. We're back with a spoiler-free review of Assassin's Creed. Um, what a jumbled mess of a, a film. What are you talking about, man? Yeah. This is the tightest script I've ever seen. <laughs> um, so, I there, there are so many problems with this film. I I don't even know. We can possibly cover them all in uh spoilers. In without without spoiling anything. Oh, but okay. Yeah. This film is so bad. I wouldn't really <clears throat> feel, like feel guilty if we did spoil something. No, I would. And I'm, there's not really anything to spoil. We'll, we'll still move on. We'll still keep it segregated. Um I would say parts of this film I enjoyed. Seeing Michael Fassbender without his shirt on. <laughs> um, Jeremy Irons on screen is is refreshing. Yeah, he doesn't do a lot. He doesn't do, do a lot, you know. He doesn't. He we anytime we get some irons, it's all right. Well, look, we we've already we're we're jumping jumping the gun a little bit. So Assassin's Creed <laughs> is a film theoretically based on. The Ubisoft video game franchise of the same name, um, and the story centers around a convict, um, Callum. I, I don't remember his last name. Callum something or other, played Lynch. Callum Lynch <laughs> sounds like a video game character. He was <laughs> not a video game character. Callum Lynch, played by Michael Fassbender, um, who is. Being executed for a crime, and sort of wakes up to find himself in the clutches of a corporation who wants to use him as a way to access his genetic memory um, and trace the life of one of his ancestors. Um, Aguilar. Yeah. <laughs> um. In order to find a mysterious object that they are searching for. The apple. Yeah. So, (laughs) 
The the other part of this film is it it's sort of if you're familiar with the franch franchise you already know um, and if you're not this isn't really a spoiler because they sort of do some opening exposition, um, but the games really s- sort of f- focus on this uh, the struggle between two competing orders the Nice Templar and the Assassins. Um, with the Templar seeking to kind of control and subjugate humanity and the assassins seeking to maintain order and chaos and free will by um, undermining the the Templars, thwarting thwarting their plans. Um, So... Yeah, is that a is that a fair synopsis? I think that that is a terrific synopsis. I okay. don't see how you can explain it any better. I mean, if you've never if you've never played the video game, I think you summed it up pretty well. If you played the video game, you already knew that. So, if you've never played the video games, also probably don't bother, um, <laughs> or maybe jump straight to Brotherhood and skip Assassin's Creed one and two. I just don't really think they were the first game is games. really repetitive. It is. Um, it is one of the. I've never been baffled by critical reception of a game as much as I was with the first Assassin's Creed, um, where I physically could not make myself play it anymore mm-hmm. after about the eight-hour mark because I was so bored. Yeah, so bored with the game. Um, and this movie. So I mean, we are talking about a movie that rips a lot straight from the the video game, and um, and. Manages to not really assemble it into anything resembling a film. No. Um, I think that this movie... So... uh, This movie's script is, to me, one of the biggest issues. Michael Leslie... uh, There's a a bunch of people who who helped write this script. So six people are credited. Um, That's always a good sign. Right? He's he's also worked with... um, Justin Cruzel, who is the director on Macbeth, um, they worked together on that, which got pretty decent um, reviews. Uh, I think it was like a like in the mid seventies, eighties on uh, Metacritic. Shakespeare already wrote that for you. It's yeah. just kind of translating it to screen, um, which this is in a lot of ways is just translating this to screen um, from the video game. Well, you would think so, but they decided to it, go a different direction. <laughs> And yeah, you're right. And com- complicate complicate the narrative in a lot of ways that didn't really seem. It's it so this film is just overly, it's overly complicated from the very beginning of this film. You don't need, like so. In spoilers, I would like to just like for us to rearrange this film, and I think that we could do a pretty good job of plotting out where this film could have gone and should have gone. Yeah, but like the, my biggest issue with this movie is the script focuses so much on the backstory and tr- and I don't mean like going back in time I'm talking about like the backstory of of Marion Cotillard uh, and Jeffrey Irons character and what they're trying to do and you know even even her like motivations of like ending violence is just kind of silly in itself and you know careful careful spoilers there <sighs> okay sorry yeah. but okay. There's motivations. Jeremy Irons has motivations. The Templars have motivations. She has motivations. It just... 
none of the characters' motivations are formed in a way that make you confident that they're a tangible and realistic, or even what they're doing currently makes sense. And I just I don't understand why you have to take. So you got to have a MacGuffin. I get it. You got to have a reason that you're going back in time. There there has to be a reason that you're sending this guy, or or there's something you're looking for. But why why do you have to have something that's so ambiguous? Like why why can't it be? I mean, there are a million different artifacts that you can choose from. There are a million different reasons that you could choose those. I mean, just any choose any of the first three Indiana Jones movies and, and pick a MacGuffin from those. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't get why they chose to have something that is so meaningless in the film. Uh, well, they, I mean, the, I don't even think it's necessarily, there's anything inherently wrong with the, the MacGuffin they choose, but the way they explain it and the way they set up why it's important and what it can do is I mean, just what, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's super vague. What it can it do? Yeah, uh, it like it's something we can talk about in spoilers, but like I don't know what how it works. Yeah. Um. So, this movie is really just all over the place, and the characters are so poorly defined. Um. I've never seen so many like long zooming panning tracking shots before uh the direction is not good it's awful <laughs> it's it, the direction is really bad uh i i was trying to be sure i don't know why i'm trying i to mean sure the good. look and feel of this movie is it is so dark and smoky yeah like i don't and i don't understand why well there are and the thing is in the in the present day and in the facility there are some good shots like in a vacuum mm-hmm. um but then the movie as a whole is just it, they're, the performances are passable but mm-hmm. because the film is cast with, for the most part, all the important roles are filled by stellar actors. Yeah. Uh, but there, there's not enough for them to work with for it to really mean anything. It, it's almost painful watching Michael Fassbender in a role with just no substance. I, I like, agree. Because he, I mean, he tries to, you know, with just sheer talent and like determination to turn in something more than you know, what the scene probably, you know, intended. Right. Yeah. Like he, he's, uh, but it, it, it does, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It doesn't matter. Uh, there are so many problems with this film and, what what I would have been okay with is keep the film as schlocky and as poorly thought out and <laughs> you know whatever that's fine but then when we're going back in time give us an exciting compelling fun action chase set piece sequences that don't take themselves seriously and make that the the focal point of your film. Have everything else revolve around that. Use that to give the audience a break from how stupid and inane and poorly thought out and shot and written the rest of the film is. But they can't even deliver that. Uh, Again, this film suffers from Batman Begins Syndrome, where I think there might have been some interesting choreography in there somewhere, if only I could have seen it. Yeah. Because the camera and... 
the camera's moving too fast and that there's so many fucking cuts. But see, and this uh, is the, the other problem I have. And we talked about this, and I think part of the reason we were excited for it was because, you know, Fassbender said that he did a lot of these stunts himself yeah. and that there was a lot of the parkouring that he, you know, he, he learned it. But it feels like that the majority of those scenes are dark and uh, sandy, for lack of a better term. And the cuts are so quick is because it's not him, and they're trying to hide the fact that it, that that it's not him. And we were told that there wasn't a lot of CGI in in those uh, action scenes, and there may not be, but you can't tell because of the way that the color palette is is and the cinematography and the and the cuts are so bad. I mean, there was a lot of potential in the one uh, escape scene where they're they're running through the town. There was a ton of potential there to have a very exhilarating. Um, Casino Royale style chase scene um, that I was like excited for and it just turned out to be confusing and you you didn't know where where characters were where they were going Uh, yeah the potential was there and that is another big problem is like I think that you have an actor who is very he's 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 physically capable and um, you have a time period where uh, there's a lot of hand-to-hand combat so use that well i don't understand why there's like two hand-to-hand combat fights and they're both extremely short i don't i don't understand that that's what this game is that's that's what the 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 whole video game is that's what the movie should be based on and uh, i have another huge issue with the, the last big fight that we can talk about in spoilers, but which I think we should probably get to. I mean, this movie isn't very good. The performances are all you you know they they do their best. Uh, I mean, Michael Carter Williams, his his dialogue is awful. Like, and it, I don't blame him. It's just like this character we have no idea who he is, and all of a sudden he's coming in with some weird one liners and goofy. Like, it's just it's a weird character in a weird role. And he does, I feel like, the best he can with it, but... Yeah, it seems questionably... Yeah, just... The, <laughs> this film deserves, I mean, the ratings it got. It, the, I mean, one of the biggest problems with the film also is that it just... They don't try and take their time to establish no. anything. It just... Everything is moving at at light speed and happening so fast that it has no weight. There's no time for the audience to process anything. Um, it's a long movie too. It's two hours. Yeah. And I, I just, it was, I knew it was a bad sign when we had the opening credits and this Eagle flying around with the camera and a rock, a rock song, modern rock song playing. I knew we're in for just a confusing, messy, garbage dump uh, of a movie and I did not I did not want a great film I just wanted an enjoyable film here uh, and it was not enjoy- it just everywhere I turned was a glaring flaw or a questionable decision um, and I can't really reduce this film to anything good you know sometimes we can do that um, yeah that not not here so uh assassin's creed this movie was the, this movie was awful um, was don't see it really bad when it comes on you know tnt 
like in like three months from now just leave it on the background if you if you really are curious but uh this is destined to be just discarded and forgotten in uh and we'll talk about it more but it did not have to be this way no um this is an is a a franchise a property with some elements that would that are very well suited for being adapted into film and I mean how do you fuck this up how do you fuck this up how do you do it every every time Hollywood I just I'm astounded by by their ability to just deliver a product that costs millions of dollars in which there is there is just there's there's no foundation for success uh, nothing, nothing is. <sighs> I'm, I'm just ba- I I just I baffled. I I constantly am left feeling this way, uh, after I see films this year where I just, so many decisions were made and validated by so many people and the core of what you're starting with, is not good. And deeply flawed and problematic. I agree. And we, it it doesn't matter. It gets they spend millions of dollars on it and make it into a bad film that doesn't make any money, uh, and rinse and repeat. So, I think with spoiler time. Yeah, uh, we'll be right back with spoilers for Assassin's Creed. But yeah, please don't see this film. <laughs> And we're back with spoilers for Assassin's Creed. Um, my, my ass is a, is a creed. Your ass is high. <laughs> Dude, so can we just, for a second, I, I really want to talk about a lot of things in this movie, but one thing that really bothered me was the idea that this apple <laughs> can change people's free will, but we never see it happen. Yeah, well, they... They vaguely they imply sort of a bunch of random shit, like yeah. What, what is it? it has like the genetic, the code the genetic code for yeah. free will. So we know what part of the human genome controls free will, but then they they also sort of never really confirm that that's what it is, and then in the the last scene. It's no longer this weird glass orb. It's this metal thing. Yeah. That yeah. Shoots off like green, yeah, green smoke. Um, Dude. Truly a MacGuffin, the uh, most MacGuffin yeah. MacGuffin. <laughs> it really is. It is. They. It's just. It is so absolutely vague and meaningless. Um, it, it really is. Like I don't. Like I. You could. I mean. I okay. You gotta have a MacGuffin. I get it. You have to have something. You have to have a reason. Just make it mean something. Yeah. Show us how it works. Give it fucking magic powers. Here's here's the problem with any sort of pseudoscientific explanation. What the fuck were the Templars <laughs> going to do with the genetic makeup for the part of the brain that controls free will in 1492? What were they going to do with it then? <laughs> Nothing. Because that doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, why? Just yeah, think, well, think about what you're writing. Just think about it a little bit. Like, oh, God. You're you, right. So you already have this... This thing that is is bullshit, right? It's science. Fi- it's science fiction, but it's not. So the animus, the idea that there is genetic memory mm-hmm. stored, 
Right. So it's like after it's like you have genetic memory up until your your dad comes and then that's <laughs> like the, the last the last piece of genetic or is it when you are when your sperm chromosomes are like finish growing and you're a sperm like is that the cutoff date when <laughs> yeah that's that, so that's you, genetic memory is a ridiculous idea but that's fine just like give us a world where the rules allow for that or there's some give us a way to suspend our disbelief um another thing did they were i think they were just so afraid of being compared to the matrix yeah that they just I don't. I don't know. But what, what was the deal with the fucking animus? Oh that my was god! So stupid. It. So I heard one podcast uh, refer to it as uh, someone doing a one man show, because like you're literally watching this person fight air, but like somehow, I couldn't figure out if they saw what he saw. They did. Yes. It's and that confirmed makes it, in the end of the film. Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah. yeah. And it, that makes it even more ridiculous. It. It makes absolutely no sense. I yeah. don't. Why? I mean, so at some point in this process, somebody was like, okay, so in the game, he's like strapped to a bed, mm-hmm. and this is all happening through computers linked to his brain. Yeah. But what if. <laughs> No, 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 the video game got it wrong. Yeah. This is how you do it. What if, really, he was doing all this ridiculous shit in real life attached to a fucking crane, a <laughs> robot crane arm? And instead of the bad guys like recording this as digital information, we hooked up a bunch of 3D holographic projectors <laughs> to the ceiling so they could see it in real time. Like Because otherwise, how is the audience going to know that the bad guys are... You mean, oh, other than the fact that, like, we... The camera moves to the past with his character? Yeah. Or, like, what What was the point of any of that? It's so overly complicated and ridiculous. And it pulls and, you out of... Anytime yeah. he's you're in 1492, it pulls you out of that. To flash back to him acting like he's climbing yeah. up a wall. Like, you can't see me, but I'm fake... I'm pantomiming climbing up a wall or a ladder... But one of the most ridiculous parts, though, is, and I feel like, I feel, I, I don't know, if, I don't have any, this is just a theory, but they were like, we gotta work this in somehow. And when he does the leap of faith, she says, leap of faith. Leap of faith. And the arm breaks. <laughs> the fucking like, arm breaks. What? Oh my god. It wasn't it's prepared like... for him to fall at the speed of gravity. <laughs> critical, <laughs> critical design flaw. He's doing the leap of faith. I just oh my god that was one of your leap of faith that that was why does she know that that's what it's called why what is what I just was I I remember rolling my eyes and just being like what is going on and here's okay here here's another huge issue I have there's all this fighting at the end the breakout scene like yeah and no one has a gun not a single guard has a gun you're with all these trained assassins or assassins that have been their, their genetic memory has been awakened. Yeah, yeah, and so they're lethal and deadly, and no one has a gun. Not a single person has a gun. Not even, like, a one gun that's, like, hidden in a safe somewhere where it's, like, if all hell breaks out loose, we, we gotta get this gun to stop these guys. Yeah. Now, I mean, th- that's the problem of having it jump to the future in that 
kind of way. Like the 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 story through the the video games is told in a way that it's kind of almost like an Indiana Jones. Like they go to different spots and. Um, for different reasons I'm not going to go into all five games and there's different storylines and each game and there's the Enzo trilogy there's just there's a ton of different storylines but the, my point is like bringing this idea to the future from 1492 and not having him use any kind of modern weaponry or it just doesn't make any any fucking sense let's just be honest it doesn't make any sense you know, there's no armed guards when they attack the Templars. Like, it just doesn't make sense at all. I, I, yeah. It, I mean, I, it's just so stupid. It's so ridiculous. Why, so why did they feel the need to move at the pace and move the film to the scale that it takes place at? Why, like, why don't you have this character who is in over his head and doesn't understand what's going on. Why do you just yeah. reveal everything to him immediately? There's no there's no sense of being um, just kind of unprepared or uncertain or that his character's at risk or that there, there are just so many interesting ways you could have manipulated the audience. Um, with Fassbender's character and his interactions with this company that and they don't have to be clearly evil or linked to the Templars right. at first and that should be that should be a reveal I agree 100% uh, and it just you just instead you have this ridiculous exposition at the very first scene of the film <laughs> yeah, in the past it's right. that it's so bad <laughs> nothing that takes place in the past Makes means anything. It's no. all so so ridiculous. It, give, it gives the apple to Christopher Columbus and <laughs> take this to your tomb. Take this to your grave. Yeah. It's like the Da Vinci Code in one scene. It, it, his yeah. grave. It must be buried with him. And then it they, it's it's there. I guess I thought it was broken or something in yeah. the oh. when they showed it, but it was just breaking off the to, to reveal the ancient. Alien yeah. metal, yeah, I mean. metal orb, yeah. And I keep going back to what you said earlier, and it's like, yeah, why, why was the Templar even chasing this thing in fourteen ninety two? Because you're right, like they didn't even know what a genome was. Like I don't understand. Well, it's clearly it's they, yeah. Even having that line of exposition in the film was a mistake because it doesn't make any sense. Even if the implication is. They were wrong. It's more powerful than that. Like, it's it allows you to take telepathic control of all of yeah. humankind and make them your slaves. Like, then don't have the the fucking don't try and it, there's there's too much effort to sort of skirt the lines of plausible science fiction and yeah, it's all lip service. No, nothing makes sense. Nothing is justified. So you have like we we have the stage set for. Um, Marion Cotillard's character to become the next big bad, right? Yeah. And so I I was just so confused, like, as to her choice. So <laughs> you she's, me both. she's mad because her dad lied to her. Because it so is 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 what I, I what I'm supposed to understand is his goal was not really to 
like cure violence to eliminate yeah eliminate violent tendencies it was to just finish killing the assassins order like even though you had all all of them in this private facility and apparently none of them it's like the order vanished and by taking them into their (laughs) past you brought it back brought it back yeah uh so couldn't you have just not done that in the first place or just killed them all? Wouldn't that have solved your problem? Like, his what his vision for, like, being evil was so stupid and limited and pointless. And but, but then the other Templars clearly set up the, the much more interesting and compelling argument of their, their purpose is to control and shape... Humanity, because humanity is not capable, you know, whatever. Which, that that's fine. That's the the evil empire. There, there are interesting ideas there. So, why are you paying this guy all this money? That, if I was going to say the exact same thing, like what, sh- like Charlotte Rampling's character, I yeah. guess, is supposed to serve as like a puppet master. Yes, but she doesn't really even do anything to control Jeremy Irons, or like she just threatens to cut off funding. Yeah, that's that's it. And you're just kind of like, what? I don't understand. Like, what is she? What's her purpose in this film? Like, what is she trying to do? And so, and then like you have, so, Marion Cotillard is a scientist, but she is part of this organization. Like, you have to know that your only mo is the control of mankind mm-hmm. through all these different outlets, through different courses of history. Like, what do you? I mean, you're, are you really, like, surprised by what they intend to use this thing for? And I love how they allow the other assassins to, like, like convalesce together. Yeah. And it's like, like they're not going to plot against you. And there's also, I mean, there's several scenes where I just laughed out loud because of how stupid they were. But, like, there's a scene where Michael Fassbender is starting to see, like, the ghosts, I think they call them. I don't whatever he's starting to hallucinate hallucinate. and he's like starts fighting yeah and all of a sudden guards run in to stop him fighting air they just run in and start beating him to stop him from fighting nothing yeah like i what uh i thought that was just i don't think that was their the intention of the scene i think the scene is just so poorly (laughs) edited and directed that's what comes across i think it's just he was about to be brought into the animus. Okay. And he was just... He it just, happened that he was just tripping balls and learning kung fu uh, in the Matrix. Right, and then, just as kung fu lesson finished, it was like, oh, hey, guards. And he's still all worked up. And That's a horrible direction. It, it, sure. it, it is just really poor filmmaking. Um, yeah. That that was my takeaway. Like, I, I, can un- I understand why you thought that way. I was just... Yeah. This scene is just there. I mean... Yeah, so I don't. I, I have an idea of how this film would work really well, and I think the majority of the film has to be like just thrown away. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the so showing him as a child is virtually pointless, other than to set up him and his dad meeting later on in the film. Yeah, I mean that's really the only reason. That you ha- and his mom in the, it, the hallucination or whatever the, it is. That is so stupid. It doesn't even make sense. Like, 
I don't know. Like, I, I just... So his dad kills his mom. Like, why she, couldn't she just kill herself? Like, I, there was nothing against, like... Uh, uh, there's nothing in the creed that says you can't commit suicide. He's like... so, And, and she does commit suicide. She, I just... It's so poorly executed. The idea of... Yeah. And and why are they killing themselves? So they they're so they can't because like, they had the animus in nineteen eighty six. Yeah, right. Is the implication, yeah. And it's just so it doesn't make any sense. So I think that you you totally get rid of that. You, this guy is an orphan. He doesn't know who his family is. That's that's the basis. There's 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 nothing wrong with using Desmond as a template for the main character. You, no, you that's don't true have too. Yeah. to have this whatever Michael Fassbender is supposed to be like. He, he killed a pimp. Yeah, and that was the other thing. It's like a pimp. they tried to make him seem more relatable because it's like I killed a pimp. That's what all. does that even mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Why? Yeah. Yeah. I so I didn't like his methods. I don't. What? Why did you like? Why did you kill a pimp? What was the circumstance? Is that the first scene of the movie? Is him like? That's still garbage. It's still garbage. I, you. <laughs> you. Like, there needs to be some mystery and intrigue in what's happening. I agree. And I the agree. character needs to be relatable. And that's why Desmond is such a bland fucking protagonist. Mm-hmm. Because he is an everyman. He's a template. And you get to insert yourself into this person who is just like you, average, leads an unexceptional life, but be, be, is brought in because there is something inherent and innate about you that is special and powerful Mm -hmm. and it makes you desirable um so it's it's like they but but see i'm not a writer you know and i understand that that is a hugely important part of the games so why didn't these people understand that and why is the he he also doesn't you know i i don't know like, manip- manipulate the character. Don't just have him be... It, an anti-hero, like, who is... I, I can't even speak to his motivations because they're so unclear. But, part, I, like, it, did they just keep him there against his will because it's easier to write that? that? that, that like, that's what I think. I think, yeah, it's just easier because, I, I mean, that's the other thing is, you know, you find out with Desmond, it's it's like he volunteers for this ultimately. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I can't leave. The more, well, and the more he figures out, the more he sees of his past and the more he notices about his right. surroundings, he... Because you have a narrative that unfolds yeah. and, uh, and it makes sense. Yeah. It, well, he and then and then he grows. He gets to grow as a character and make choices and gain autonomy, which I don't really. Th- I think there is no autonomy for Michael Fassbender's character at any point in the movie. Yeah. Literally, there's always someone telling him what to do. Yeah. Up until the point where he becomes an assassin. Yeah. It's just his his ghost of his mom tells him. You're an assassin. And it's it cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really think, too, I think that there's just too many antagonists in this film. Like, you don't need... You don't need Charlotte Rampling's character. You don't need her controlling Jeremy Irons, controlling Marion Cotillard. Like, you, you can have... You can have Jeremy Irons... 
they try to make such a connection. I feel like to set up multiple films. Well, I thought so. I thought they were going to go in a in the direction that she is actually not his child, and she is in a child of the I, assassins yes, too. I thought and that too. He is going to come across her in a memory. It seems like and they she's kind gonna of have to hide it, and it's going to fuck everything up. It seems like they kind of were going that way, and then they it stopped, did. and then they they don't. I thought the same thing. I kept waiting for her to be revealed as an assassin, and yeah, and it yeah it never. They definitely alluded to that too. I feel like I don't. Know. I think we're re- giving the film too much, too much credit. credit. I don't yeah. really think they alluded to it. the The writing is is vague enough that it opens the possibility, and we were just waiting for something beyond. And I don't. The, want, yeah. Here's another thing too, and we need to wrap up because we need to review passengers, but. <laughs> I don't understand her motivations at the end. Like, she she's so mad at her father that she allows him to to kill him because she could easily have screamed and I guess he could have been stopped or whatever. But then at the end, she's mad that he's dead and she's like swearing. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really sure what we are supposed to take away. From because that doesn't film. it seem like she's supposed to be the big bad on the next? Yeah, like it, it just doesn't make sense. So like I, I don't know. Like that character. She. Uh, the only thing I could she she lets him kill her father because it allows her. It she moves in the in the line of succession. But then, what is her end game? Like, what is her motivation then? Well, now she's just really evil or something. Who knows? I mean. No, nothing in this movie is clearly defined or well there, constructed or thought through. It's, oh man, I, I, I don't understand how films like this get made. I like you mentioned that before, non spoilers, but like I really don't understand how you spend one hundred and thirty million dollars making a film. I think that's its budget. I'll oh check. Oh my god, one hundred and thirty million dollars. Um, I'll double check, but yeah, I just don't understand how. Oh, sorry, $125 million. Close. Oh, um, my God. And it, it's right now it's gross, $25 million domestically. Um, it, I, I just don't understand how you spend that much money on a film that has no script. I mean, this script is garbage. Like, I don't know what kind of director Justin Caruso is. I mean, Macbeth, I haven't seen. Um, it got decent reviews. This movie does not show me any... I don't have any faith based off this film that he's a good director. But I do, I do know the script is awful. Yeah. So, I, I mean... It, but you spend that much money on this movie? Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand how you let that happen. Like, you have the potential... You have a, an IP that people love. It sold millions of copies. People were interested. You have it coming out on Christmas, which is a huge release day for movies I mean if you get Christmas Day that's you're planning on this being a, a hit and then opening weekend you bring in 10 million dollars like literally the only thing I can come up with is that they were afraid of the film being compared to the Matrix yeah, somehow I think you're right and I, well, I think you're right guess what too bad own it and do something interesting with it yeah it's but keeping the film just understanding what about the game created a compelling narrative and then making a film that incorporates that somehow 
you, you don't have to do that, but that seems like a better idea than whatever the hell this was. Um, <laughs> right. You know? So, yeah. uh, just, yeah, whatever. I don't get it. The, there, There's more than enough material to make an interesting more than film. Enough. And the best part is you can easily end the film in a way that sets up multiple sequels. Yeah. And allows Desmond to grow and creates this sort of real-life resurgence of this Assassin's Brotherhood. You don't have to do it all in the first film. <laughs> Just have the, have the character sort of awaken to what's going on and try and fight back and have that be the end of the film. Yeah, agree. You don't have to... Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. This is stupid. I don't, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> uh, don't go see Assassin's Creed if you're at this point. Um, I'm... Or, like, steal it, so if you really want to experience the (laughs) mind-numbing awfulness. And, God, the action scenes were so... Dude, the the cinematography, the action scenes, it was so bad. It was so bad. You had one job, Justin. It was so bad. You had one job. Couldn't get it right. Awful. We'll be right back with with our spoiler-free discussion review of Passengers. I'm your passenger. <laughs> you know that song? No. Deftones and Maynard? Oh, maybe. Tool? Yeah. It's a great song. Uh, dude, so we move from... <sighs> Deep breath. We, we move from a really bad movie to a movie that was... I, I would say significantly better, but not good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but not, not nearly as bad. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean... I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll let you uh, set this. You want to read the synopsis? Um, well, okay. So, yeah. Well, let me let me. So, let me start out by saying, do we want to read the synopsis? Mm-hmm. Because I. No, we're not. I'll, I'll just do my own. I know what you're going to say already, and I agree with you. We okay. Because of that, we shouldn't read this. Okay. So, this film is about a. At some point in the distant future, um, humanity has begun to colonize other planets, <clears throat> and they send ships with basically their colony starter kits. Uh, colony starter, I like that. Right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, That's with fun. with a, a bunch of people who have certain skills and the materials on board to start a, basically a colony on these planets. Um, and the journey takes 90 years, so the crew and occupants are basically kept in suspended animation until just before uh, their ship arrives. Um, and this film is about basically an accident that causes uh, one of the passengers in suspended animation to wake up um, and it's sort of about the events that caused him to wake up and um, what he does as a consequence of waking up 
I guess he wakes up. It's he wakes up ninety years. It's a hundred and twenty year journey or something, and he wakes up ninety years too early. Ninety years too early. That's right. So, um, is that fair to say? That's fair. Yeah. That, the, I, the consequences, the events that lead him to being woken up, and the consequences of him waking up, and what he does, and what happens. I think that's a fair synopsis. Good job, Colin. You're always okay. good at that. Yeah. Um, let me just say right off the top that the reason that we were being kind of vague in the beginning is that this movie's trailer once again misleads you um, to what the film is really about and I it's going to be hard for us to do a non-spoiler review so I think we're probably going to move quickly into spoilers um, I think this film is competently made I think the lead performances are good uh, the chemistry is definitely palpable I think um, that the first I don't want to I don't want to say half because the film starts to <clears throat> go a different way a little earlier than that but this is 40% of a really good film and 60% uh, no no 20% an okay film and then 40% a bad film that's the way I would surmise it um, yeah. I think that there's some great moral implications to some of the actions that these two characters have to that, that they come across I think that the ending is absolutely horrible. I think it undercuts much of the tone of the first half hour of the movie. Uh-huh. And um, I feel like this movie could have been really good. Yeah. So we talked last week, uh, you know, with our open discussion and the Nerd Writer videos about films with a consistent tone. Mm-hmm. And this film epitomizes an inconsistent, a totally inconsistent film. Um, I will first say that based on the reviews for this film, I was expecting something much different Agreed. than what I got. It is, like you said, it's a it's a competent film in most ways. Um, it's not an awful film by any stretch of the imagination, no. and it does not deserve a forty-one Metascore. Um, with that being said, it's also not a good film necessarily. Uh, there are good things about it, and it has a lot of potential. Uh, my best best way I can describe my experience watching Passengers was this film could not choose between three distinct ideas. Yeah. And one of which I think was set up very well and could have been really compelling. Um, but as a result, it just sort of fails falls apart um, and dies a miserable death in the, the final act of the film. Yeah, um, agreed. There, there are some really interesting things. Um, something that I did not expect that we will talk about and be very angry about in spoilers, I'm sure. Um, but at the end of the day, the film decides to sort of abandon what it starts very abruptly and goes somewhere else. It goes where I was afraid it was going to go. Yeah, uh, I agree. And it, you know, it it could have been it could have been a good film, and it's just not. Uh, but I was pleasantly surprised with the, uh, you know, like like you said, maybe the first half of the film, maybe a little less than that, but some something like that. Um, I you know, I was not necessarily. I, I'm, I still do not know if Chris Pratt has dramatic chops yet. And he did okay in this role. 
but he didn't he didn't really necessarily sway my opinion one way or the other. Um, I I think he had a honestly um I I agree. I see what you're saying there and I I don't disagree at all. I think yeah. that um it's yet to be determined. I don't know that the material see it's it's tough to say because when he has to act off Jennifer Lawrence, she's really she's just such a good actress. I think that um I don't know. I feel like a a shift in his uh his method changes. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that's just my perception because the tone of the movie shifts. But I'm tr- it's, tr- it's hard to hop around with spoilers, but like when it's just him I, and he, I thought he did a pretty good job. Yeah. But I, I agree. It, it It's like when with his scenes with Jennifer Lawrence, he becomes sort of more like the Chris Pratt yeah. we know and we've seen before. Yes. Um, also, I don't. I, I don't really think this is a spoiler. So his beard, <laughs> it like just looks so. There's he spends a lot of time in like this stage of makeup where he has it like this crazy crazy hobo beard, and it just looks so fake to it me. It does. Like it was so distracting. Like uh, when he goes to cut it, I'm just like. Just take it off. Oh, yeah, man. Just, it's going to come right off. Just pull it. It's, it's got to be one piece, right? <laughs> it, look, uh, doesn't look like, it doesn't look like human hair at all. <laughs> yeah, and it it's uh, like on a film with the produ- the production value that this film has and the budget, like, and he spends a lot of time in that weird-ass weird ass beard wig. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was an odd choice for sure. Uh, um, yeah, so... I mean, we we haven't really there. Yeah, the, the, this film ends up being deeply flawed, and just it just starts making bad decisions so quickly towards the end that it's kind of it just is hard to keep up with. Yeah, um, but it, it it feels like this should have been at least two distinct movies. Yeah, I actually um, heard somebody say that this is like three different movies like thrown in a blender. Yeah. And I, I think that that's correct. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, with with the two distinct movies, I, I think that there's some... I, I feel like personally that there's some uh, studio meddling, maybe. I feel like there was definitely reshoots, and uh, we can talk about that yeah. later. Uh, Andy Garcia is has like fourth billing, and he is literally in... <laughs> Ten two, seconds. Not not even ten <laughs> seconds. He's in one shot. Yeah, couldn't have been more than five seconds or something like yeah. that. That I was just like, what? Is, that has to be a red flag, right? That has to mean something. So yeah, something. I so, feel like I feel like there's something happened. I feel like the studio didn't get what it wanted, or um, they wanted something a little cheerier for yeah the holiday season. And we can talk about that yeah, in spoilers, well, but. I think that um, there are some obvious scenes that just don't make sense cohesively to the story that's being told. Um, but I also think the reason I, I say that too is uh, so I don't want to try to pronounce the director's name really. It's like it's Mortem Tildum, I think. But he this is the guy who directed Imitation Game. So Imitation Game, um, which I actually finally caught up and watched recently, is expertly crafted. I mean, that is a very slick stylish yet grounded film 
and um, I feel like he ha- this is this the end product was below his talent level. Put it that way. And with the cast, the writer the writer is not maybe that that's part of the problem. Is script levelly, it just wasn't there. This is the guy who wrote Prometheus and Doctor Strange, and uh, yeah, some other not so great movies. But uh, so maybe that's part of the issue is the script. But I feel like there is a very compelling and honestly moving film somewhere in this story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I would say I'm not going to tell you that you should go out and see this, but if your family wants to go see this with you over the holidays or something like that, you could do a lot worse. We've certainly done a lot worse this year. Um, and, hey, this is an original movie. I mean, this, there's no... Yeah. This is no... I mean, this is there's no previous IP. It has two great uh, modern movie stars, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and uh, you get to see them act together. And Martin Sheen is good as Arthur. Yeah, I, I think My- Michael Sheen or Michael Sheen. Yeah, yeah. sorry, not Martin Sheen. <laughs> that would be a different movie. Yeah, Michael Sheen. <laughs> you look at me like Martin Sheen. <laughs> Michael Sheen as pres- Def- President Robot Bartender. <laughs> Definitely not. Martin Sheen, Michael yeah. Sheen, uh, but yeah, no, I thought he did a um, Char- Charlie Sheen. <laughs> that's a whole other movie. Yeah, um, no, but I think Michael Sheen did a, a fine job as the robot bartender. Is really did. Um, the only other character in mm-hmm. this movie. Um, I I would give it a B minus. I think that uh, I enjoyed the film. Like I had a good time. I just rolled my eyes a lot at the end. I think yeah, that's that's probably way too generous. I would say this film is like. A, Ends up being like a C at best for me, maybe closer to a C minus, where it's passable, but it's not a good film, uh, and it's just deeply flawed. Um, so, you want to do some spoilers? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be right back with uh, plenty of spoilers, all the spoilers, for, every single spoiler for, for passengers. Yeah, so uh, fuck everybody who makes trailers. Dude. And I, why wasn't this a psychological thriller film? I don't know. And I feel like there are there are definitely pieces to it there. The, the Most of the beginning of the film. Um, yeah. Or not even, maybe not even thriller, but just a psychological film. Um, that if, if this film had been about Chris Pratt waking up too early... Him going slowly insane and then dragging another person in to save him mm-hmm. and the implications of that um, not even as far okay as far as morality uh, as far as um, their relationship um, and how they spend their lives together that is an interesting idea there agree and then Literally, with one line of exposition, we just th- flush it all out the airlock. <laughs> Literally. Like, yeah. It, it's like all these things that are, these are really important things. We don't have any time for that. You guys have to forgive each other so the movie can end. Yeah. And we can, it's, it's like we spent all this time building the framework for this idea. 
and then we hold up something shiny and mm-hmm. burn it all down while nobody's paying attention. Yeah, I don't see. It, it felt like a movie that was set up to be this really like morally ambiguous. Uh, am I rooting for the wrong person? Type of film, and then all of a sudden it's we got to save the spaceship. Yeah, this is you know we got to save these people, and you're just it just felt like a really Hollywood ending. Like it, it did. I, I feel like this film is no, I, I, no pun intended. Pun intended. Um, at the launch of this film, you feel like you're going to a different planet than you end up on. Yeah, like it. It feels like this movie set out on a course that was like very interesting could be chilling at times yeah and what it decided to do was just veer off course and head somewhere a a lot funner or a lot easier easier yes yeah I mean to really finish what they started with the what the film starts is is heavy is some heavy writing there Mm -hmm. um and it would not be not be an easy film to finish necessarily uh, and they don't try. There is just uh, it. It just it turns so suddenly into the film that I was afraid it was going to become. Uh, and I don't understand it's, why. It's almost like what? What just? Why? What happened? Like I. That's what I'm. I. I think that's why I think that there is, like severe studio meddling in this. I don't. Obviously, we don't know what the original script looked like. But if you're going to go this route to where she ultimately forgives him and uh, here's the other th- ah, man, I don't know. There's so many ways where I feel like you could take this. But I mean, obviously there was a moment they, they, they obviously knew from the beginning that they were going to have to, they were going to try to save the ship. Like that was the plan. And I feel like, I feel like personally, Chris Pratt ultimately dies in the original that makes sense in a way to me. Uh, I also don't understand. I'm going off on a several tangents here because uh, my, my mind is flying every which way. Yeah. But wouldn't you? So, like, let's say you and I are a couple, uh-huh. and we're living on the spaceship, and we realize that you know we want to be together. So we're not. We, we found out that this this doctor pod thing can be turned into to a hibernation chamber. We we figure that out. But we want to be together. Yeah. But don't... Wouldn't at some point... Like, this is just me. Like, if you died first, I would hop in this chamber so I could tell the story of what happened. Yeah. Right? And they do this weird hint at it and then, like, never really show the characters in a, in a scene that would have been chronologically later necessarily. Yeah. Didn't you expect, like, when, when Andy Garcia comes out that one of them was going to come out from this, like... New enchanted forest they built within the spaceship. I don't know. It just like it goes off the rails so f- fucking hard. Um, <laughs> I like I, so I don't feel like they were the writers were willing to give us a good ending, you know, because um, it could have really gone to some dark places. Yes, uh, I felt like it needed to go to some yes. dark. Like that was the logical, the next logical step, um, but. Like having Chris Pratt, like even having him sacrifice himself to save her, um, that just seems like kind of a. If you're gonna do that, then they didn't earn it. Uh, At all, I, I agree. 
so I can't. I just can't even see me being satisfied with with it. With that as a, the real ending. So. And for her to just turn so quickly to you, like. Yeah. Yeah. With just no, no pretense of. I and the thing is, like, I love the scene with Lawrence Fishburne, which we haven't really talked about his character at all. But when she's like, "Did he tell you what he did?" And yeah. she, he's like, "Yeah," and she's like, "He basically murdered me." Yeah. And she's like, and he's like. The boy was drowning. Yeah. You know, he, he's trying to pull himself up. Mm-hmm. He's trying to save his own life. Like, yeah. And then just, then he walks in and then it's... And that, then that, that is it. That's it. That, that is literally it. That yeah, is the end of that that's story. That's the scene I was talking about. They and throw just, it away in, like, a little bit of ex, little bit of dialogue and just abandon it. I mean, but that is such a good line that should have been... I don't know. That should... It just... it. Ugh. Why the movie changes after that, I don't understand. This, this film is really a metaphor about relationship counseling. And it's it's dedicated <laughs> to all the, the Lawrence Fishburns of the world who just hop in and sacrifice themselves and say what need to be said to get <laughs> two people together so they can write that ship yeah. <laughs> for all the passengers that are counting on them. I, I mean, didn't you think that... I don't know. In my mind, I thought there was going to be a point where Chris Pratt... It just seemed like his character eventually would turn on Lawrence Fishburne. Like, I don't know. Like, it, or it felt like it should. There's a, there's the, the scene where he goes to the pod. Um, or the, yeah. And Lawrence Fishburne is checking it out and Chris Pratt is just watching him. And yeah. it's super uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'm like, and then, but then it just... Like, there are just these weird little glimpses of what if the film had kept this psychological aspect alive. Yeah. And that was one of them. Like, Mm -hmm. You felt like that they didn't want to turn... And maybe this was Chris Pratt. Maybe he didn't want to play the bad guy. I mean, that's the other thing. Is like... I I don't know. I... There, there's another film in there that could have been way more intriguing. And unfortunately, what we got was a semi fairy tale ending. Yeah. That wasn't satisfying at all. Well, here's here's the real way. The so the the film as you and I wanted to see it has them both waking up at the same time. Yes. And they continue to live li- live their lives until Lawrence Fishburne wakes up and is in danger of revealing that they didn't actually wake up at the yes. same time. That yes. He made the choice to wake her up. And it devolves into the shining yes. in space. Yes. yes, it's so it like it's so. It simple. writes itself. It, yeah. I mean, I just uh, but I just don't think they had the balls to commit to that film. Or yeah, no, I agree. That's and, not what they wanted, or something. But and again, this is why I think it's Hollywood because I think Hollywood was like, "That's too dark for a Christmas release. We want you guys to have this romantic comedy style yeah. set in space." Uh. And I mean, this movie was a hundred and had a hundred and fifteen million dollar budget, and it grossed a little bit more than Assassin's Creed, thirteen million dollars opening weekend. And this film was actually seemed to have some decent uh, expectations building. Yeah. For its yeah. release, um, you know, we you have two of the biggest movie yeah. stars right now. You have uh, a sci-fi, you know style film but you know the the 
honestly, the trailers mean if 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 we if we got the movie that we wanted, that trailer would have been totally different. Looking back, like this, well, the tra- yeah, the yeah, yeah, the trailer, even though it isn't one hundred percent honest with us, we get a lot of what the trailer showed. Like I, I mean, we get. In the end, the film that ended is the same as the trailer that we saw. Yeah. And so even though like my expectations were low and they were kind of like perked in the beginning of the film, it came back to being a just not great film. Yeah. In the end. And I think I think it's unfortunate because I feel like you know the people making this film uh, as far as the director and the cast, I think they, I feel like they deserved the, the film that we, that we're talking about. We wanted. Yeah. But, but see that there, the romance aspects starting around the halfway point of the film and then just their the veering off course into, you know, I don't even want to call it deus ex machina, but like the plot overwhelming, the yeah. narrative. Um, Here's the other thing that bothered me, and this is why I feel like that there there was like a different idea and why there was reshoots. Yeah. Is you see like the spaceship going through these asteroids. You never see one get through. They ne- that is like a huge reveal at the end that oh the, 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 an asteroid penetrated the hull and shot through to the reactor. Like you don't ever see that in the beginning of the film. In the beginning of the movie, you you see them going through an asteroid field, but it seems like they made it through unscathed. No, well, you know something happens because there's the there's a power issue. Yeah, but you don't see. I don't know. I just thought it was weird that you didn't see the actual asteroid or or meteor cut I, through I, the hall. I just felt like that was ambiguity. You know, you're not really supposed to understand what the problem is because I don't know. It just gives them a problem to solve at the end. It. Well, it, it's also the the set ends up being the setup for why Chris Pratt wakes up in the first place. Yeah, and but I don't know. I guess my, my my in my mind, it's like you could have made this film without that. You could have said, "Hey, this just a malfunctioning pod." Like yeah. it just and the idea that none of these things have ever malfunctioned and it's impossible for them yeah. to. I mean, whatever. I can. They're flying a spaceship to another Earth. Whatever. I can escape that, but. I mean, there are you could there are other ways to make it malfunction. Like you could just say that it malfunctioned. Yeah. I mean, that's good enough for me. Like you don't need. I, like was that to explain the fact that there are no redundancies for these critical? Like it's I, it's so. You, there's like a backup for everything, but there's not a backup for the. There's no way to go rehibernate or re. Well, not even that. Like the the main reactor computer is damaged, so it is offloading system tasks onto these other components causing them yeah like there was no redundancy for that computer you know I don't know they it didn't like at some point it doesn't wake up a crew member like uh, right yeah on like, purpose to have them fix shit and that would run yeah, diagnostic yeah. like whatever yeah I agreed um that's why I think it would just better if just like it just was a malfunctioning pod like I don't know like the guy the guy making that pod took a cigarette break or something or wasn't you know it was, I, there, there's just other ways I feel like he could have went about it and well and see that's why I think that maybe their intention wasn't to make the film that we wanted to see because that's true too everything points towards this 
impending cataclysm that has to bring the characters back together conveniently yeah. at the end. Uh, then so, why have such a dark conceit? I don't. Yeah. Why does the film start so, so in, in the way it does? Uh, and it doesn't. Isn't like it's a montage and it's the, it's like a. It is a good 20, 30 minutes of just him sinking deeper into depression and loneliness. Like, Although, they, I mean, that could have been much darker, too. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, I mean, you could have definitely, I mean, you could have had him going and setting beside, you know, Jennifer Lawrence's character and masturbating. That would have been extremely dark. I, I mean, with his depression. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Chris Pratt could pull that off and make it. Like sad or sinister, it would just be hilarious. <laughs> right. Uh, oh man! But there was no even like creepiness of him. Like I just expected there to be like him like touching the pod and like, you, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I like you're right. They could have gone a lot darker and a lot creepier. Yeah. No, but actually, to Chris Pratt's credit, when he is like agonizing over the decision, I actually felt agree. Um, like. Anxiety, uh, watching that scene um, where he is like just this forces to himself to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other. There's one other thing too is, and I having the robot portray him, I thought was so such an easy way to do it. Like it, it is, but they never make any pretense that it's anything else is going to happen. Too. No, and, well, he does hide the pod book in his drawer. Oh yeah, that's true. And I never go back to it. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, another thing about this film is it was, aside from the fact that he wakes her up, which you, the trailer does not spoil that for us. Thankfully, <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, this film is so predictable. Very it's predictable. so predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's. My mom could have like written half of this film. Yeah. So, it definitely stays within its its lanes. Once 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 it hits that last fifty percent, of it does not go anywhere that you would expect it to go. Yeah. Uh, other than <laughs> they build a farm, I whatever. And teach the robots to harvest apples. <laughs> like <laughs> now, the, co- the colony gets to the planet and starves to death. <laughs> That's that's yeah. the that's the real ending of the film is just <laughs> they were selfish pricks and pulled all of this essential stuff out of yeah out I, of long term storage and doomed everybody else. I kept thinking like, man, I hope there's like a really good air filtration system because there's like chickens running around and like animals and what do they do with that fecal matter? He, I mean, he he wasn't even a good enough engineer to get into the like critical systems area, <laughs> yeah. but he can. Make sure the ship can resources and life support can accommodate this fucking rampant growth of the garden they build in the. Oh man! Yeah, we've so we, we've seen a lot of good movies recently, and uh, these two that, that streak is over. Yeah, these two movies. Wow. Well, um, so we had some emails about our end of year list. And we're going to hold off on reading those emails and providing our own list and commentary until the next episode. But thank you for writing. Uh, should have plugged email earlier, but yeah. there's still time. Please email us, midnightfilmreview at gmail.com. Uh, talk about 
this year in cinema for you personally, like a couple people have, um, or just write a bunch of nonsense. It doesn't matter. We are not going to discriminate. We will read your email live on the air on a recorded podcast. We scared. <laughs> Don't be to Ray Ray. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we got, I guess next week is our top ten. Yeah. Or something, top five, top ten. I forgot what we're doing. Uh-huh. So that'll be good. And then we're going to review a movie? Yeah, th- I, I don't know. We There's a chance we'll review La La Land, I would say, just because we we should. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm sure I'll enjoy it, but I just don't like want to make myself go see it. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know what's wrong with me, because I went and saw fucking Assassin's Creed this morning. <laughs> So, well, I'm just some sort of special asshole. I don't know, man. I, you know me. Uh, we've t- this is the very first episode we talked about how much I hate musicals. Yeah. I'm so torn on this movie. I, it's it's kind of like pulling off a band aid. I feel like, and it's like once it's off, maybe I'll enjoy it. But it's just getting myself to the point of doing that. Yeah. I mean, by all intents and purposes, this is probably. If not the front runner, one of the front runners for best picture. Yep. And um, yeah, uh, there's also you know Manchester by the Sea that's out there. I really want to see that too. Yeah. So we got some options. It's probably going to be something good. There's no. There's not a real. Um, there's no movie that's. There's not a big release this week. Uh, so we have some choices in going back to our roots and seeing something hopefully that we will enjoy. So um, look forward to hearing from you on your top tens. Um, we'll look forward to giving you our rundown. I love making Colin make lists. Freaking lists, man. <laughs> so arbitrary. <laughs> um, I think it's going to do it for this episode. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, write us, midnightfilmreviewgmail.com, and we'll be back with some more content that you didn't ask for or want next week. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you on the flip side. Okay, bye.